let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Welcome into another edition of the podcast, Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee and myself here to talk some financial fables. Sean, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. I'm going to give you um, a fable, a classic fable we all know, and then let you turn it into a financial lesson or <laughs> strategy or something like that. What's going on, my friend? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm yeah? doing well. We're uh, busy. Kids be- kids are back at school. Yeah, we're, that time of the year. We're doing fall baseball as the bananas. That's right. I like that. Uh, I love you know, the bananas. Just having some fun. And yeah. my daughter's cheering. So that's that's all I got going on. All kids is stuff, that, is that all, all family stuff, it's, all the time. It's, just, uh, it's not, not a lot, just a little bit, right? So yeah, just just a little bit. Just a few things here, but that's that's how it goes, right? When we got the little ones in our lives, so oh yeah, uh, enjoy it while it's there, because eventually they're twenty five, like mine, and you know you, you hear from them once in a while. <laughs> she she called the other day and talked to us for an hour. We were like, "Who are you? <laughs> what do you want?" Right now, well, she's she's in the navy. She she she's doing great. That's she awesome. makes a great living, but it was just like okay. At that point, it's kind of cool, right? Because then they call and just want to talk to you for an hour, and you're like, "Wow, this is." This is genuinely just to talk to us. This is fantastic. Uh, yeah, the year, the college years, they're calling that you're like, yeah, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. What do you need? <laughs> yeah, What'd much. you do? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, kind of like fables, right? So we kind of learn morals and things from life. So uh, again, I'm going to do some fi- some of these classic fables. Uh, Aesop's fables can teach us lessons about life and money. So again, I'll read you the short fable, um, you know, hit you with the moral uh, and then, or you can even give me the moral as you take it, but then give us a financial equivalent. Okay. Perfect. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with most of these. Most people will be. But if not, The Miser and His Gold. Are you familiar with this one? I am. Okay. Yep. So just for a quick rundown, there was a miser who used to hide his gold at the, the foot of a you know the, a tree in his garden. And every week he'd go dig it up and look at it, right? That's, that's the whole thing. He'd just pull it up, look at it, just be like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, well, a robber noticed him doing this on the regular and went out one day, dug up the gold, ran off with it. So the miser comes out to gloat over his treasures, as he usually does, and found nothing but the empty hole. And he raised up such a, you know, a ruckus about it that the neighbors came to see what was going on. And he says, look, you know, my, my gold's gone. And so one of the neighbors said to him, well, did you ever take it out and use it? And he said, well, no, I only came out to look at it. So the neighbor says, well, come over here and look at the hole because you can get the same exact thing from looking at the <laughs> hole that you got from looking at the gold, right? So the moral of the story is, you know, maybe wealth not realized and used is it wealth. That's a, I think that's a, a great moral because when, when you look at it in financial terms, you know, we're, we're programmed as people mm-hmm. to save, 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 sure, accumulate, yeah. accumulate wealth, accumulate wealth, and... And then it's it's to be used in the future, sometime in the future down the road, whether it's retirement or, you know, it's it's for a big goal or, or whatever it may be. But far too often we we don't understand as a society how much we really need to save and, and what we can do with our assets once we've accumulated accumulated wealth. Mm-hmm. And far too often what happens is we save, 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 and then we get to retirement, we're like I'm afraid to use it. Yeah. I can't spend it. Right. I need to grow. I don't know how I don't know how I can use this money. I don't know how long I'm going to live. I don't know how I don't want to run out of money because there's that fear-driven, you know, mindset that I've got it. I don't want to let it go. Oh yeah, no, for sure. 
So we and, just kind of hoard it. And I imagine that's probably a tough challenge for you guys. Sometimes they're not everybody, but there's definitely going to be people that you, you have to really work with them to convince them it's okay to live a little. I mean, you saved all this. Use it. It's not uncommon. I mean, I've got a, a handful of families that I work with. Them. I'm like, hey, listen, spend your money. Yeah. You've got to pull some money out or you're going to run into a scenario down the road where it's not favorable for you from a tax perspective, whether it's RMDs or whatever, or you're going to die. Or you're going to hit an age where you can't use it. You can't go and do the things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And and so in a lot of cases, it's, yes, I I love the idea of having safety security of your financial scenario. Not necessarily safety security of your assets from the market, but having the peace of mind and comfort knowing that, okay, I've got money there. I've got money in the bank. Mm -hmm. Now take that next step and learn how you can use it to your advantage while you're alive and whatever's left great pass that on but don't disrupt or or go without in in your years because you just like to look at the bank statement or you like to look at the fidelity statement and it's you know you like that big number yeah uh, i heard an advisor i can't remember who said this years ago but it said uh, you're trying to get convinced clients that it's okay to enjoy their their retirement savings and it said if you don't fly first class your kids will Right. So, you, you know, I've got a that's perfect example. My, yeah. my wife and her grandmother are going to Italy in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother's 90. My wife's going out to the village that she or her grandmother was born in. And and it's just going to be a great trip. And, and I was like, hey, listen, you, I don't know when you're going to get this opportunity again. Probably right. never to do, go with your grandmother. Yeah. And her grandmother's like, I'm this is my last trip. I'm going big. Uh, and. Uh, we're like, go, yeah, do it, like, yeah. enjoy, because at this point, the kids are are retired or in good shape. The grandkids, for the most part, are in good shape. So it's it's her responsibility to spend her money how she sees fit mm-hmm. and not worry about anybody else. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's a, that's a good lesson there from the miser and his gold. And I think a, a good strategy. Uh, that's the point for a lot of people too, Sean, is having a plan that shows you and doing the annual reviews and the checkups and things like that allows for those folks that are uptight about it to see it in black and white and go, okay, we are okay. And and I can spend a little, I think exactly. that's a, a great point. So, uh, and that's why you need one. That's why you need a good strategy in place. All right, let's, uh, let's hop around here a little bit. Let's do uh, the tortoise and the hare. Everybody knows the tortoise and the hare. Uh, you know, the hare is once boasting about it, always boasting about his speed, right? And fa- how fast he is in front of all the other animals. And he says, I've never been beaten, and I challenge anybody here to race me. Well, nobody steps up except for the tortoise. I accept your challenge, he says. And the hare, of course, chuckles and laughs, right? He's like, are you kidding me? I run circles around you, right? Uh, it's kind of like Deion Sanders, right? And he's, uh, he's super cocky, <laughs> this hare right. is. So the tortoise simply says, all right, let's do, the, let's do this race. Well, of course, we all know how it goes. The race kicks off. The hare is darted out. He's way ahead. He's so far ahead, in fact, he decides to lay down and take a nap. And of course, he oversleeps, and while he's sleeping, the you know the tortoise passes him, and eventually wins the race because he didn't have the time to catch up. Well, slow and steady wins the race. We know that. Well, so basically, wealth is not accumulated overnight. So rushing for the big number at the end of your life cycle, your time horizon, is not as sound a strategy as doing this over time. Our society right now is is littered with all those get rich overnight. Oh God! Yeah, schemes. Like it's always hey, been there, right? But for sure, yeah. 
and it's even more prevalent in in your face now because of social media, and right? Right. Like that. Yeah. And and you've got you know these cryptocurrency billionaires overnight or millionaires or whatever. You've got the guy that that starts the unicorn business that right. that creates wealth real quickly overnight. But Warren Buffett said it the best, and he said. You know, people were talking to him about how he how he accumulated his wealth, and he said, "I don't, you know, the way that I accumulated wealth was slow and steady. I didn't get rich quick. I accumulated wealth, and I made decisions over over time. Mm-hmm. And that's the case for a lot of people. It doesn't mean that you can't get rich really quick. It doesn't mean that you can't accumulate wealth really quick. But by being consistent, right, and having habits that are built in that are consistent." each and every day, each and every, you know, hour or year or whatever it may be, by having that consistency, at some point you're going to wake up and be like, wow, I did get rich. I, mean, I did I did yeah. accumulate wealth. How many people do that, right? They come in for their review. Maybe it's the first time they've ever sat down with a financial professional and they, they know their stuff. Of course, they, they should know what they have, but you guys are going through it and you're like, wow, I just didn't realize I had accumulated this. Or there's like this point, like, when we're first doing it, we're going to work, we're in our 20s and 30s or even 30s and 40s and we're pumping away. It doesn't seem like a, a much for a while, but then when it does click, it clicks and you're like, holy cow, <laughs> what did I get all this? Well, and we run our 401k here, so I, I see you know, kind of our, our staff, even just our staff, like the staff that's been with us for years, mm-hmm. like, wow, hey, you guys are accumulating some wealth. It's like, rolling, are, yeah. Like, like good, great job. Like you should you should be saving if you work at a financial advisory firm. But, you know, a lot of people come in and, and they're like, Sean, I, I just don't know if I've got enough. I've accumulated, you know, mm-hmm. $1.3 million or whatever, and I've got this Social Security and this. And when it comes through the planning process, right, well, you really only need about six hundred k to, to ac- accomplish your income goal or whatever it may be. The rest of that money can be used for all the fun stuff. They're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. I've got the freedom to create my income, but then also have all this extra money to right. to yeah. live and, and enjoy and spend and not worry about. What a fun, and, liberating moment, right? Oh, it's it's great because it, there's it like the light bulb turns on, there's clarity, and there's a breath of fresh air that comes out and it's like, whew, okay, <laughs> I can exhale, I'm that's ready right. to go. Yeah, that's right. Like grandma, time to party, going to Italy, going to get that's down. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, good. So that's another little lesson there from uh, Aesop's Fables. Are you familiar with the dog in his shadow? I am. Okay. Well, we'll do this last one here for the listeners this week. So a dog had a piece of meat. And I, I say that as we're taping the podcast right now. My dog is actually looking at me. So I don't, I'm wondering if I'm the piece of meat or if she just wants <laughs> something to eat or not. Feed me. Feed me. So a uh, dog has a piece of meat and they're carrying it home in their mouth. And on the way home, they have to cross this brook. And there's a piece of wood as they're crossing. They're kind of a plank or whatever they're using to get across the running water. The dog looks down and sees its own reflection. Well, the dog thinks it's another dog that has a piece of meat and says, hey, I want that piece of meat too. So it snaps at it to get the other meat. Of course, what happens, it drops its own piece of meat into the water and loses it, right? So the moral of the story, you know, sometimes it's more important to hold on to what you got versus trying to get more. And we've certainly seen that here in 22 where people are like, wait, the stock market doesn't always go up, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So sometimes if you've won the game, Sean, it's time to maybe protect some things as well. You don't always have to be shooting for uh, swinging for the fences in your parlance. I, I think this is indicative of life right? In, in general. And, you know, I'm going through this youth baseball, like this time of year with baseball is crazy because teams are losing players and players are jumping ship and whatever. And, and in a lot of cases, it's like, well, 
ooh, that team's that team's got a shiny facility or that that team has this. Mm-hmm. And so people jump teams or whatever and then they they realize ah oh, crap, I had it pretty good. Your grass isn't greener. Yeah. That team that team's pretty good. That team their coaching was great. Their their parents were awesome and chemistry, oh, no, whatever. Yeah. yeah, now I'm now I'm I'm on the outside looking in. And it's the same way with with the financial planning world and and it, but far too often why do people jump ship in the financial planning world? One, it's because there hasn't been a clearly defined plan built. Uh, they're living off mm-hmm. of and they're running their strategies off of returns and advisors are living and dying off of returns and that's what they're that's what they're talking about. Right. Oh, well you got 8% last year, no worries, I can get you 9, blah blah blah, you know. <laughs> right. And and so the shiny people, object syndrome. Yeah, so people yeah. leave and they're like, "Oh, Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. That, you know, so then when we start to look at from the planning perspective, it's like, all right, if you can create and you can spend the time understanding the ins and outs of, of a strategy of how you're going to build, how, how you're going to create income, how you're going to do certain things in life, the desire to jump ship really starts to go down because there's a comfort level there. But far too often it's, oh, well, the market's corrected. Let's sell you an annuity. Mm, what? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that if that fits or not, and that ha- that happens each and every day in our industry, each and every day with with so called advisors that are just bashing what somebody currently has to get them into something new without taking the time to build a clearly defined strategy that's going to solve the problems that the person brings to the table. That's a great take on that. I was not thinking about it in that direction. I was thinking more about it from like, you know, trying to convince folks not to take too much risk, right? Right. You know, uh, saying, hey, you don't need both pieces of meat if one's getting it done. Uh, right. But I like that. I like the, that approach you just took with that as well. So it's not always that. It's not always the shiny object mm-hmm. uh, or the grass is greener kind of thing. So very cool. I like that take on on the, uh, the dog in its shadow when you're thinking about that financial lesson. So either way, at the end of the day, where most of us are familiar with these fables and it's you, know, you could take them in multiple angles, but at the end of it, it's, you know, what are you doing for yourself to ensure that you are utilizing and, and enjoying, I think that's a big takeaway from some of this stuff, too, all the things that you've worked so hard for over however many years to get to that point that we call retirement. So if you're not already working with Sean on the team, uh, reach out to him, have a conversation. It's always complimentary to chat about things and get started. So get started today by you know reaching out to him. You can stop by the website, elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. And of course, while you're there, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or Spotify, whatever platform you like to use. It's Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. You can find it on those apps or again, find it at the website. He's the managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, serving you all around uh, the the entire state of Utah, but they also help folks all over the place. So again, stop by the website, elevatemyretirement.com. Sean, thanks for hanging out and going down the financial fables with me. Good job. Yeah, thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I appreciate your time as always, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks, and we'll do it all again right here on Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.